Welcome to the Life of an Educator, hosted by Matthew Beal. Hey team, and welcome to another episode of the Life of an Educator podcast. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of the podcast. And today is a very exciting episode because we are in Round 2 of Mr. Duick on the Hot Seat. Last season, we ended off the season with Mr. Duick on the Hot Seat, and I answered two very key questions. And so if you haven't listened to that episode, I would encourage you to pause this one and go check that one out and then come back and check this one out as I jump into round two of Mr. Duick on the hot seat. This is where you get to submit your questions and things that you are curious about and get me to sweat a little bit and I am going to answer two very good questions again today. Before I do though, I just want to say uh, thanks so much for listening in. Thanks so much for sharing, liking, subscribing, continuing to be part of the journey. It is such a great joy for me to continue to do this and for downloads to continue to come in, for people around the world to be listening, which is mind-boggling to me, being a teacher in a small town in Manitoba, and yet people from all across the world and specifically North America are listening, and it's just a joy and so humbling for me. So thanks so much for being here listening in wherever you find yourself today and today is Mr. Duick on the hot seat. Now just so you know I'm sitting at my dining room table and the AC is on in my house so I wouldn't say this seat is hot but these are two very very good questions so maybe as I start answering them uh, I'll feel a little bit more on edge as I go. But the first question that I want to answer is Have you ever given a student 100% in your class? And if so, how did it make you feel? Very good question. I get asked this actually quite a bit from my students and uh, from people I work with. And this one is the easier of the two questions I am going to answer. The other one is going to be similar. But this one is easy because the answer is no. In my six years of teaching, I have never given a student a 100% in a class that I have taught. Now, for those of you who have listened to this podcast before, you know that I am a math teacher. And so this is a tough one because as a math teacher, we are working with work and topics and numbers that is either right or wrong. And so to get 100% in a math course, technically, you would have to be perfect from start to finish, which is, even for myself as a math teacher, would be highly, highly unlikely. Obviously, there are students, all of my students at some point have made a small error or have, you know, made a mistake somewhere in the course. And so that being said, though, that's the easy answer to say, well, if you make a half mistake or a half mark is taken off at some point in the semester, then there's no way of getting 100%. But I also believe that even if you made a half mark error, uh, that you could still get 100% because of the fact that 
you know, your mark, I believe, is not only just right or wrong, even in the math class, but it's more about do you understand the material? Do you understand what is going on? Did you have a full grasp of the math concepts at the end of the course? And so I had a student in my previous school at TechVoc High School who was amazing. He was an all-star student, and uh, I remember him fondly because he has, to date, uh, he has the highest mark I have ever given in a math class that I have taught, and that would be 99%. He was my answer key most of the time. He would write his notes exactly like me, and I kid you not, exactly like me. It would be in the exact location. It would be with almost the exact font or style like I wrote. It would be to a T exactly how I had written it. And so he was just brilliant in the fact that he was able to take my explanation and transfer it onto his page in the exact same way that I did. There was one chapter I was so upset because at TechVoc where I worked, we had to send our printing away to something called Central Print Services, and then they would return it to us, which was really great if you were organized like me. And so I was able to take all of my printing, send it away, and then it would come back perfectly in boxes, ready to go for whenever I was going to teach that chapter to my students. And for whatever reason, I had photocopied the work incorrectly so that the title page of the chapter was on the inside of the front cover and not on the outside of the front cover. And if you know me, I have a little bit of OCD when it comes to font and style and how it looks on a piece of paper with my notes and booklets and all of that. And so I was very distraught about the fact that I had sent this away. Accidentally, I had put the title page of my notes on the inside cover instead of the top cover and you know to the point where I was you know considering in my head for a minute or two I could just recycle all of this and resend it and have it come back properly but I couldn't do that obviously that would be uh, a big waste of paper and so I told this to my students as I was handing out the booklets they were kind of confused they were like why is this booklet with no title page on it. And I said, oh, just look inside into the inside cover and you'll find it there on the wrong side. And so they were kind of laughing at me because I was really having a hard time with this. Obviously, once we got going, all of the notes went just like normal and no one cared that the front cover wasn't there. But my student who got 99% in this course, he took the cover that was on the inside and replicated it on to the front in perfection. He basically traced it exactly how it would look on the front cover. So this is the kid I am talking about. And so he was an all-star in my course and, you know, wasn't perfect, uh, but was very, very close to perfect. I had considered giving him a 100% in my course, but there were just a couple of topics that he did really, really well on. Uh, but wasn't perfect on. And so he got the mark of 99%, which I know and hope he is very, very proud of. And so to answer the question, no, I have not. Will I ever? Well, that is obviously to be determined. I have a student actually right now that I am teaching 
she is an international student, and uh, she is also, she reminds me actually of the student uh, from TechFoc, because she also is a lot of times my answer key, and she is brilliant, because uh, a lot of the math that we're doing here in Canada is easier than the math that she would do back in her home country, and so she is doing very, very well in uh, in the course as well, and she's very, very close to getting a 100% in in my class. So you never know, it might even happen uh, this year, or maybe I give another 99%. <laughs> Who knows? We'll see what happens when all the numbers work out. Would I love to give a 100% in my course? Absolutely. I think that sometimes we are scared, or for whatever reason, teachers have this weirdness of we can't give a 100%. And I don't agree with that. I think if the student deserves it, give it to them. I would say that uh, in math, I think it is a little bit harder to reward a 100% in math just because it is so easy to, again, make those little errors. And you have a little of those errors adding up and your 100% goes away. But in general, it might happen. You know, it might still happen one of these days. But up to this point, it has not happened yet. So... How does it make me feel that I haven't given a 100%? You know, I'm not losing sleep over it by any means. I think that I would love to give one out, but I also believe that they need to deserve it. And so, obviously, a 99% in math is nothing to sneeze about. That is amazing, awesome, you should be so proud. It is hard to get a 100%. I have not ever had a 100% in a math class. And so, you know, it's it's not going to be an easy thing to do, but... We tend to think too much about it needs to be perfect. I think that if you get a 75% in a math course, you are doing amazing. If you get an 80%, 85%, 90%, anywhere in there, you are doing an absolutely amazing job in the math course because there are so many concepts that we cover. In other subjects such as English or social studies or even science for that matter, the topics are more general. They're more uh, concept-based. And with math, there are so many particular manipulative things that you do with each of the different questions. There's so many things that you need to remember for each different question. It is so hard to remember it all. Even as a math teacher, I go through my notes ahead of time. I study my notes before I actually go and teach the students because there are so many nitpicky things I need to remember and I want to make sure I am doing it properly and carefully with my students. And so it, it is going to be hard to ever give one out, but I am totally ready to do it if they are deserving. How does it make me feel? Like I said, anyone who's getting over a 70 in my class is a winner for me in terms of the fact that they have understood the material and they've got the material and that gets me excited. So is my benchmark 100? Not really. I would say my benchmark is 70. If you can achieve a 70 or higher in a math course, you are achieving excellence in that topic area. So that would be the answer to my first question. Now we're going the other direction. The second question of Mr. Duick on the hot seat round two is, have you ever failed a student in a math course, and how did it make you feel? So this one's a different answer. Yes, I have failed many students in the courses that I have taught, and I chuckle not because I am happy about failing them, uh, but this is another question that I get asked a lot, is do I fail students? Now, again, I'm a high school math teacher, and so in the high school math 
As a high school math teacher here in Manitoba, we have the credit system. You need 30 credits to graduate, and if you do not receive a 50 or higher, you fail that course and need to retake that course. And so one of the joys and curses of a high school credit system is that you can fail that class. And I have uh, failed many students in my class. And here's the thing, because... For whatever reason, teachers are seen as good or bad, sometimes depending on how many students they pass or fail, but I think that our mindset is wrong when we look at it like that. Students are responsible for their own grades. I am not responsible for any grade that I give or don't give. The students are working for their credit. The students are the one who graduates. The student is the one who hands in work. The student is the one who puts forth a good effort, hopefully. The student is the one who is asking the questions. The student is the one who's wanting to learn. The student is the one who is there to get the math credit. The teacher is the facilitator of that. The teacher is the one who teaches the material. And a good teacher is the person who is going to do their best to teach the material in a way that the student will understand and that the student can be successful at. So hear me out. Do I want all of my students to pass? Absolutely. Like I said, my benchmark is that 70%. My dream as an educator, and if this podcast goes on for you know the next 30 years, I might be able to report <laughs> if this ever happens. But my dream as an educator is to have every single student in my class get 70% or over in my math course and each one of them to deserve that 70% or higher in the math course that I am teaching. That is my ultimate goal and that is what I push myself for each and every day. Now, that being said, if that doesn't happen, I'm not going to beat myself up for it because there are students who get to choose what their benchmark is. That's my benchmark as the teacher to the student and I encourage all of my students to work for excellence and to pursue excellence and to hit that 70% benchmark. But I know that as a Manitoban, our benchmark for a passing rate is 50%. And that is standard, I think, for a lot of areas around uh, North America. And so a lot of students are satisfied with that 50%. And so they're choosing where they want to be and how they want to get this knowledge inside of them. And so there are a lot of students who struggle with attendance. There are a lot of students who struggle with work ethic. There are a lot of students who have family things happen in their lives and they, for whatever circumstance, don't get that 50%. And I am a very black and white type of person. 50% is half of the knowledge, half of the material. And so if you are, at the end of the day, having a mark show up that is less than that, I feel the right and the obligation and the care and love to actually not give you the credit because I want you to achieve excellence. I want you to get the knowledge and understanding that you need to move to the next level. And if you're not at the 50% mark, you don't have enough understanding to move to the next level. And so whatever the factor is, maybe it's understanding, maybe it's attendance, maybe it's family matters, maybe it's something that causes you to be away from the math classroom. But at the end of the day, 50%, if you are in class, you if you have a strong work ethic, if you are willing to ask questions, and if you are willing to learn, I guarantee that you will be able to get the math credit. Because that's 
the things that are required to be successful in specifically my classroom. I tell my students on day one, if you show up and you try your best and you work hard, I will do my hardest to get you to be successful and to help you achieve your math credit. But if you don't show up and if you come and sit there and stare, I can't do much for you. I need you to be willing to try. I need you to be willing to try your best. I need you to be willing to pursue excellence in my class. And if you do that, I will work and work and work with you as much as needed to help you to succeed. And so, yes, do I enter in marks lower than 50 on the report card and state credit not granted? Very often. But I believe that it's not me failing the student. It's the student failing themselves because they didn't take the initiative. They didn't take the ownership to work hard. They didn't take the ownership to ask questions. They didn't take the ownership to come in during extra hours to ask for help. They didn't take the initiative to make sure they are there each and every class. And if they need to miss a class, to ask a friend or ask the teacher of what is needed to catch up and to be right on the same page as everybody else. I think people forget that in the education system, there are many, many supports in place. There are many, many resources available for students. We are not out to fail students. We are not out to get them. We are not out to trick them. I sure hope we aren't anyways. I know for myself as an educator, I do not ever want to trick my students. I want them to be successful. My notes are very similar to their Check your understanding questions, which are very, very similar to the questions on their assessments and on their exam, because I'm trying to teach them. I am not trying to trick them. I am not trying to catch them at their own game. I am wanting them to be successful. There does come a time and place where that is going to fall short, depending on how much they want to return the favor, right? I work my hardest to make sure my teaching is accurate and that the math is accurate, that I do it with energy and excitement and make myself available outside of class time to respond to emails, to communicate with parents, all of those things that teachers do, I'm putting 110% in each and every day. If students give me 110%, I would say that I have never failed a student who puts in 110%. No matter their skill level, no matter uh, their situation, if they're showing up, doing their best and putting in 110%, I have not given anyone under a 50. The people who get a failing mark from me as their math teacher are the ones who don't show up and don't put in a complete effort. And that is a direct result of if you don't try, if you don't do what I'm asking of you, you're not learning the material. You are not learning the concepts and you're not going to be able to be successful in a math course where, like I said in the previous question, where there are so many concepts taught, there are so many steps, there are so many ins and outs. And if you are not giving it your all, you're going to miss out on those. And so two very key questions today. One, have you ever given someone 100%? No, I have not, but I hope to one day. And have you failed students? And how does that make you feel? I'll get to this, how does it make you feel part. Do I fail students? I don't believe I fail students. I believe the students fail themselves because they haven't given their all in that specific situation. How does it make me feel? It saddens me in the fact that I want all students to have the drive and the passion to push forward. I hope that when they get that failing mark, that it doesn't cause them, this is a fear of mine, it doesn't cause them to dig a hole and go and hide. 
but it gives them the kickstart or the the push that they need to try again and to try again with more fervency and with more drive than ever before. Because I believe that failure can cause us to do both of those things. Failure can cause us to run away and hide and never try again. And that's my fear of failing anybody. But my hope is that they will see that there was a reason why they failed. It wasn't because Mr. Duick wasn't a person who worked hard. It wasn't because they weren't able to attain the credit. It was because for whatever reason, whatever the reason was, attendance, family, work ethic, skills, whatever the reason is, but they recognized what that reason was. They recognized that there was a reason why they didn't get that 50. And that reason will drive them forward to pursue excellence again in that course. That's my hope. But like I said, the fear in failing a student is the fear that they will go run away and hide and I'll never get them back. That's the risk I take. But I think that failure is important. And and this is probably going to be an episode in the future. Failure is something that needs to happen for each and every individual. And I need to stop there because if not, I'm going to start going and uh, I need to save it. But failure is important. And I think everyone needs to experience failure and not necessarily in, you know, an academic course, but some sort of failure in their life. And so part of me, for some students, I fail them or I give them a failing mark because I know that this is going to be what drives them forward and causes them to be successful in the future. So Hopefully that answers the, these two questions. Very good, very good questions. And this, I love this Mr. Duick on the hot seat because it makes me think about practically why I do things as an educator. And obviously, as I wrap up today, I don't pretend to know it all. And this is what, again, humbles me by all of you listening is because I don't want you to listen to this podcast and think I need to do everything Mr. Duick does. That's not what we're doing here. I am just sharing some of my insights and my experiences. I change my mind each and every day of how I respond and how I interact because it's always different. Each student is different. Each approach is different and each class, each subject area, it's all different. And so, you know, I'm coming from a high school perspective. There's elementary school teachers and junior high teachers who would do it totally different than me. And that's perfect because we're all different and we need to teach differently to each individual. But I hope that answers those questions. They, they really challenge me in how I do it and why I do it and is there a better way to do it. And so thanks for always challenging me as well as I share my insights. I love the questions coming back to me to help me to reflect and think about what am I doing as an educator and what can I do to be better. So that being said, thanks so much. We have one more episode to wrap up this season, season two, and it's going to come next Tuesday, not in two weeks. It's going to come next Tuesday at uh, released at 6 a.m. next Tuesday. And so you can look up on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and all of the other apps that uh, I'm on. Go to the website, thelifeofaneducator.buzzsprout.com. It's all there, and it will be next Tuesday to wrap up season number two. And so thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for being awesome. Have the best day, and we will see you next week for season two, episode 11 of The Life of an Educator. Bye, everybody.